We're holding today Kedushin Davchof Hey. We're going to begin the last on the last line of Chavdalan Amud Beis. Amar Rebchia Barashi is the last line. Amar Rebchia Barashi Amar Rav. So the says Amar Rebchia Barashi Amar Rav. Rebchia Barashi says that Rav said, "Hoisaloi, if the <coughs> excuse me, if the slave had an extra finger." So the halacha is that v'chotcho. So what happened if the slave has an extra finger, and now this uh, master, the Odin, cut off the extra finger of the evid? So the halacha is evid yitzah b'hen l'chedus that the evid, because like as we discussed, the he cut off a aver which will not return. So therefore, this evid goes free. Amaravuna says v'hu shinisperes al gav hayad. The halacha applies only when the finger can be counted along the back of the hand. In other words, if the extra finger is on the same line as the other finger, then the halacha is that he goes free. But if, let's say, it uh, protrudes on another spot, then it's not classified as a finger. Rather, it's classified as just a, a, a growth, and uh, it's not considered to be a removal of the actual aver. Right, the Gemara says, Savi... This, the elders of the Nazanya, they did not come to the class of Rav Chizda. So Rav Chizda said to Rav Hamnuna, Zil tzan inhu. Go and put these people in Chedim because they acted disrespectfully towards the Chacham by not coming to the Shir. They didn't come to Rav Chizda's Shir. So uh, Rav Chizda says to Rav Hamnuna, Go put them in Chedim. So Amrlahu. Rav Hamnuna went and said to the elders, "My time also Why didn't you come to Rav Chizdashir?" Amalei said, "My nasi, why should we come to be in the Pshatlan? We ask him questions, and he doesn't have what to answer." So Hamnuna said to them, "Did you ever ask me anything? I didn't resolve your question, so ask me the question." So Mar says, "Boying They asked the Shaila, if the regards to a slave whose master excuse me whose master thank you if uh, if his uh, thank you very much everybody say hi to many you're shaky Binyamin Yos sorry Yos Binyamin also Okay, so if you have a slave whose master now castrated his beitzim, so Ma, what's the halach? Kimum should be goli dummy. Do we say it's considered as an exposed blemish, and therefore it's sufficient enough to free him? Oiloi or not? So he didn't know the answer. So he said to them, "What's your name?" So they said, "He said to them, my name is Amnuna." So they love Amnuna. Your name is not Amnuna, which means like a, a, a hot fish, rather El Karnuna, which means like a cold fish, like a fish that's no longer tasty. Now, after this, what happened was is also the Kamei of Chizda. Amnuna came before Chizda and told him what happened. So Amrlei, so he said to him, He says they asked you a shayla that can be resolved from a brisa. And it, was, and it was cited in connection to a Mishnah, um, and you didn't know how to answer them. Why? Because the Tanah we learned in the Mishnah, The Mishnah says there are 24, um, there are 24 
limbs of a person, and which are which are uh, which um, cannot become tummy due to the um, unaffected skin. In other words, the Torah says by tzeras that if a tzeras spot contains some healthy flesh, the person is immediately tummy. The halacha of let's say unaffected skin does not apply to the ivorim because the kohen must be able to see the entirety of the tzeras. Now, due to the shape of the 24 avarim, it's impossible to see the entirety of the area from a single vantage point. So basically, the halacha of unaffected skin does not apply to them. Now, ve'eluhim, what are they? Rashi's boys, these are the fingers and the toes. Rashi's naim and the ears. V'reish ha'chaitim and the nose. V'reish ha'gvi'a v'roshay dadam shabisha. And the 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 gvi'a and the roshay dadam shabisha. Also, even uh, the the dadim of uh, man, batani Allah, and we learned on that. It says it was taught in regards to this brisa: a slave is free for injuries to all them. In other words, the body parts listed with regards to the tzaras are the same ones that, when injured, lead to the freedom. Rabbi Amir says, "Af hasirus." says, "Rabbi says also the sirus, the castration." By a slave, by his master, also entails him to go free. Benazi Emer, Benazi says, Afalashin also the tongue is considered an exposed part of the body. And if the master now, let's say, severs the slave's tongue, so the slave will go free. Okay. Amar Mar, we lived in a Brisa, Rebbe Emer, Rebbe says, Afasirus, Rebbe, which is Rebbe, then he says, also Sears, also castration. So the Gemara asks, Sears the mind. Castration of what? Elam is the gid, if you're gonna say it's referring to the castration of the actual gid. In other words, the master severed the, the slave's gid, Hainu Gvia. So this is the same as Gvia. So what is Rebuda Nasi adding? Elalah, rather you must say, Sirius debates him. Rather it's referring to the Sirius of the Batesim. So if so, the Brysa resolves the Shaila raised by the by the uh, by the elders of uh, of this town. And therefore, he is uh, he goes free. Okay, Rabbi Amir Rabbi says Afa Sirius also Sirius castration, but he does not include the lashon. Benaza includes the lashon, includes the tongue. And according to Rabbi, is the tongue not considered exposed? And I'm going to ask you a shaila. Where a person was sprinkling the purification water of the paradum on another person in order to purify him from, let's say, tumatsaras, and sprinkled the water of water and it landed on his mouth. Rebbe Emir, Rebbe says, he's a, this is considered a good sprinkling. Um, and he is tar. Chacham Emir, Chacham say, it's not considered sprinkled. It's not a kosher sprinkle because water of the hazah, of the mechatas, has to be sprinkled on exposed limbs and the tongue. Is not an exposed limb. So my love, Alashena, what comes out the khaira that it's the tongue. Which will khaira be mashma that Abudanasi maintains that the, that the tongue is a exposed what is what is uh, it says clearly Rabbi Imrahiza is considered, which the khaira is mashma that the tongue Alpivim the tongue is an exposed uh, part of the body. And if not, so why would it work by uh, by the, the paradumo? So the Gemara says, "Al Svasov Pshita." Sorry. So the Gemara answers, "Al Svasov." No. Lay Al Svasov. It's talking about that he poured the water on the lips. The Gemara says, "Al Svasov Pshita." Of course, the lips works. Why would I think the lips is not an exposed part? So the Gemara answers, 
You would think that sometimes, the um, since he closes his lips tightly, so they, be, they should be considered um, an unexposed part of the body. Therefore, the Bible teaches us that one lips are considered begolay, um, exposed. But we learned, didn't we learn that if a person sprinkled Allah on his tongue, he is tar according to Rabbi Danasi. And also we learned in another b'risa, we learned in another b'risa, with a blemish of a coin and offerings that if most of his tongue was removed, this is considered a blemish. Rabbi says this is referring to a case where part uh, removed was most part of the tongue that he uses for speaking, which is the tip of the tongue, not most of its length. Now what do we see from here that Rabbi Huda Anasi maintains that if the tongue is removed, this is considered a blemish. Ella, rather, Rebbe Emer Sirius. Rebbe is referring to Sirius, and needless to say, the tongue is removed, it's considered, um, he goes free. It's considered exposed. Benazi Emer, Benazi says Lushin. Benazi says that the loss of the tongue goes free, but I will Sirius light. But Sirius does not. So what is also? What's he saying also? So the Mar says, It's going on the first statement. Um, so the Mar says, So if it's going on the first statement, he should place the Shita Benazi first and then speak about Rabbi Danasi's Shita. So the Mar answer is, um, The Tanef first heard the opinion of Rebbe and said it as the version of the Brisa. And then, And then, and uh, afterwards, he heard the opinion of Benazi and taught it at the end. Now, and he says, and although it's appropriate to change the order of the statement, he did not do so because a Mishnah, the famous thing, Mishnah, a Mishnah does not move from its place. Once it's been taught in a certain manner, the Tana will not change the text of the Mishnah in order to avoid confusion. Everybody agrees that when it comes to tuma, uh, it's considered exposed with respect to a sheretz, a dead creeping animal. In other words, if an if a individual comes into contact with the with tummy with his tongue, so the Allah is is considered tummy. My time, what's the reason? The terrorist says a person who touches it. And the tongue is also considered is considered a barnagi also touches. And since it's possible for a person to touch objects with his tongue, he will be tummy if he touches the shedets with his tongue. Now, the in tefillah, with regards to the tongue, in regards to being table, to, go to the, going to the mikveh, kitam and dummy, this is considered concealed. And therefore, a person, when he goes to the mikveh, doesn't have to actually open up his mouth so that the water touches his tongue. Um, the tefillah is kosher. The water just has to come in contact with outside of his body. And Ula teaches that this does not include wit. This is not, you don't have to make sure that the tongue also gets the water. My time, eh? The terrorist says he shall immerse in, in water. Just as, just as the flesh is outside. So to everything that requires tefila is outside. And this does not include what is ordinarily on the outside. Now, they only argue whether the tongue is considered exposed in the manner of uh, sprinkling. Rebbe compares sprinkling to tumah, where the tongue is considered exposed. And the chachamim compare it to tefillah, 
and the tongue over there is considered concealed. They're both arguing in regards to the Pasuk. He's Tommy, the Pasuk says, and the pure person shall sprinkle upon the impure person. When? On the third day, on the seventh day. So, Rabbi Sava, Rabbi says, Rabbi says that you have to read it, and the person shall sprinkle the Tommy person on the third and on the seventh day, and he shall purify, which is mashma, that sprinkling is compared to Tuma, which means that it's effective if the water lands on the part of the body that can become Tommy. And they hold that when the Pasuk says he shall purify him on the seventh day and he shall wash his clothes and table, so according to this, tea, this reading, sprinkling is compared to tefillah, which means that the water must be sprinkled on part of the body that requires tefillah. So the Gemara says, According to the Chachamim, why don't they compare it to sprinkling the tumah? So the Gemara answers, one should learn uh, purification from purification. Just as the mikveh is a method of purification, so to sprinkling is a method of tara. And therefore, it's appropriate to compare the two cases. And with regards to Rebbe, let him compare to tefillah. So the more answers, since the Pasuk says he shall wash his clothing, now the matter is, is, is stopped. In other words, this expression is mashma that a new case begins from here, and therefore sprinkling should not be compared to tefillah, but to uh, impurity, which is mentioned prior to it. Does Rabbi maintain that with regards to the matter of tefillah is considered concealed? There was a story with the maidservant of the household of Rabbi who went to mikveh, also Nimsa at some ben shinel, and she ascended from the mikveh, and a bone was found between her teeth. And Rebbe required to perform another tefillah. It's mashma that according to the Bihudanasi, one may not have any foreign objects even inside one's mouth during tefillah. If so, the tongue should require tefillah as well. So my answer is, Nahid to be as Maimla being granted that you don't need to bring water, water doesn't actually have to go into the mouth. We do require the mouth to be a place uh, which is fit to water. And the Gemara brings this famous thing, which we learned many times over the over Shas. It says about the carbon mincha that it has to be um, something which is suitable for mingling. Now, so kol so If it's suitable to have oil, so mingling, then it's, it doesn't. In other words, even though the mitzvah to mingle the flour. Uh, if they were not mingled, the mincha is still valid. However, but if it's not suitable for mingling, then then the mingling is ma'akev. So, uh, same thing over here. It, it has to be a, a place which is uh, that water could come. Okay, let's turn over the daf. Almud, I mean, sorry. It says, This is a machlekes tanayim. In other words, this is going back to what we said about in regards to the uh, castration of the Beitzim. So he says, it's v'chodos. The Torah says those whose, those whose stones are bruised or, or crushed or torn or cut. So Beitzim, these are all referring to Beitzim. Does this mean to say the, the Beitzim, not the Gid? It means also Beitzim. Uh, it's all referring to the Gid. Okay, now we're going to start a new Mishnah, continuing the halachas of Kenyan. A large domesticated animal 
is acquired by Mesira, which means passing. So, okay. so w when, the, when the current owner transfers it to the buyer by giving him uh, either the reins or the bits. So that's what it means. Behema Igasa is nicknamed by passing by the owner giving the reins or the bits over. Badaka Bahagba and the small domesticated animals acquired by lifting. The Chacham hold a small domestic animal can be acquired by pulling also and there's no need to actually lift it. Shmuel found Rav's students and said to him, Did he really say that a behemagas is acquired by pulling. We learned in the Mishnah it's by passing. And Rav said several times that it's acquired by passing. So Hadar Mahi, did he retract his halacha? So they answered, Ahudomar Kiatana, he holds a Gistanya, the Tanya Kham Imam, Zevizu Nikas Mashikha, that both animals and uh, both small and large animals are acquired by Mashikha by pulling, and Zevizu Bagba, both are with lifting. Masla Rabyesav, so Rabyesav asked Elam Atla, if so, then peel Lirbshim Bamayikna. If um, so how can an animal be acquired according to this opinion? So Amalay Bachalipim with Khalib Inami or Basekhas Mukim or he rents the place temporarily and acquiring the elephant by means of the ground which is upon the elephant. Zeda Omar Abzeda says, Maybe I bought Kalim Manikim Takas Raglam Raglov. He brings like uh, four kalim and places them under the elephant's feet and thereby acquires it like any other item inside the buyer's house. So the Gemara asks, Can we learn from Rebzeir's statement that if the buyer's kali being used to acquire an item from the seller are in the seller's domain, the buyer acquires them? The Gemara says, no. The Gemara says, We're talking about Basimta. We're talking about a case where the kalim are not in the seller's domain but in the alley, which is neither a in a place of this kind, the buyer's kalim certainly affect acquisition to him. Inami or the chovav or bechavilezemeres. Or we're talking about the buyer can lift an elephant by using bundles of vines. In other words, he leads the elephant to them, and when the elephant stands on the bundles of vines, this is considered lifting the elephant. Okay. Tomorrow we'll start the mishnah.